You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. We're committed to sparking important conversations about money and inspiring you to always be in the financial front seat. Learn more at fidelity.com slash front seat. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hey, it's Jean Chatsky. Welcome to Her Money Mailbag. Yes, we are halfway through, more than halfway through, four days into our week of special Her Money Mailbags. Please keep the questions coming. Kelly and I really enjoy answering them. And I think that although we love having great guests on this show, people learn a lot from the Back and forth. Absolutely. And even if the question doesn't pertain to them, I also hear from listeners like that didn't answer a question for me, but someone I know or their, you know, their right. loved ones or people friends. Are sharing these people things. are sharing. So I think just sharing the knowledge and starting conversations, it's all good. All good. And we'll start some more now. So our first question is from Rana. And we get this question a lot from our listeners about a variety of different services in fintech. So I just want to preface with that because I think this answer could help a lot of people. So not too long ago, I listened to your episode where you talked about Bloom. I just tried to call them and they have no customer service number. I learned that they do not offer the option of speaking to a live person on the phone. That seemed like a huge red flag to me. What do you think? It feels strange to put most of your private information out there in the field of the web and not be able to connect with a human. Do you feel 100% confident? Is this safe to do? I feel confident in this instance that it's safe to do, but I'm with you. It drives me nuts. It drives me totally nuts when there is no phone number on the website. Now, I did take a look at what they do at Bloom. There is a chat box where they say that you get a response typically within five minutes. That would make me feel comfortable enough The other thing that I often do, and this is sort of just my hack being a longtime financial reporter or a longtime reporter of any kind, if you go on the contact information for pretty much any company, even if you don't get a phone number, you'll get an address. And then you can take the address and you can Google the name of the company and the address, which is what I did for Bloom. Their phone number is 888-446-8400. One six. So you pick up the phone and you give them a call. I love that trick. I don't think I learned that trick. I, I, I have not taught you it's all of brilliant. my tricks. Oh, so well, there you go. Nice. Okay, great. Well, let us know how it goes, Rana. Thank you for writing in. Back to us receiving variations of this question a lot. A lot of services, apps, ask for social security number along with like bank account information. How can you tell whether or not it's safe to do? If you're the one going out and starting the conversation with the financial institution, whether it's a financial institution that takes the form of an app or a robo-advisor or a standalone, you know, big financial services company like Fidelity, if you are starting the conversation, generally that is what you need to know in order to feel safe. If you get an email, if you get a phone call, even if it comes in on your cell phone and somebody starts asking you for personal information, you're being fished Mm. and you should hang up and you should disconnect. But as long as you're the one that is starting the interaction, that's safe. So if you're the initiator, Mm -hmm. safer. Okay. That's really good. All right. I hope that helps a lot of people. 
and we'll do one from Elizabeth. Each year, I have the option of taking a lump sum of money that my mother would otherwise deposit into an irrevocable trust. My question is whether I should consider taking that lump sum now and paying off some debt, like my student loan and a small amount of consumer debt that I have directly with two companies. I'm currently paying no interest on the debt with the two companies, and my school loan is at an interest rate of 6.55%. We are not talking about a lot of money in either case. The amount I owe to my school loan is less than $4,000, and the consumer debt I owe is less than $2,000. And the amount of money I have, the option of taking annually, is $6,000. I can pay everything off as I have been doing without any hardship. It just seems like it might be simpler to not have to see those bills each month. Yeah, I think either way. I actually think either way. I mean, I don't know where the money is going in the trust account and what it is being invested in and how much it's earning. But if you can wipe the slate clean, as long as it's not going to free you up to feel like you can take on a lot more consumer debt, then I would probably go ahead and do that. Take a really close look at where that credit card debt came from before you allow a gift to wipe the slate clean. Sometimes we have to go through the painful process of paying something off slowly in order to recognize that we don't want to do it again. Mm. So when I first read this question, I was like, absolutely, why not? But is there something I'm not understanding with a trust? So if she were to take one year and use it for her debt to pay it off, is she able to just get back on track with getting the other 6000 back into the trust? Every year? Every year. Well, it sounds like she is one of the fortunate people who's the recipient of an annual gift. Mm -hmm. Sounds like every year $6,000 is put away for her future, which is just lovely. It's amazing. The question is, and you and I have talked about this before, when whenever it's an either or, it's a question of what's the return on my money? Mm. And so in order to know we know what the either is. The yeah. either right now is the 0% on the credit card and the student loans at 6%, yep. right? And the interest rate is equal to the return on your money. Mm -hmm. The 0% on the credit cards is not going to stay there. That's teaser rate, right? Right. So if she doesn't blow through that fairly quickly, a year maybe, it's going to pop mm -hmm. to maybe 18%. But on the other side, you know, that's the either. The or might be that the trust funds are invested in an S&P 500 fund. Mm -hmm. And those may be growing at a rate of 8% a year so or 9% a year. Well, you got to look at taxes, oh, right? The gains, yeah. But that's sort of where my mind was going with that kind of a bingo. We'll do one more from Pam, who is a freelance fashion blogger. She writes, I'm having a hard time keeping track of my finances because I get paid a different amount every single month. I have been thinking about hiring a financial manager to track my finances and sort of give me a salary every month so I can have a stress-free life. As a freelancer, do you recommend making this investment? They want to charge me to start $800 to $1,000 every month, and I make about $180,000 a year. Should I no. become? Well, yeah, and should I become a freelance fashion blogger? <laughs> <laughs> are you are you talking personally? I I just mean like that is an incredible. I had no idea that freelance fashion bloggers made that much. Well, maybe she's like an incredibly successful an influencer. Yeah, she's an influencer, or she has a following on YouTube. Cool, right? I'm not that cool. Okay, so you sorry. Please, cool. please answer her question. You are that cool? Um, no, you don't need to hire somebody to make this happen for you. I mean, you may want to hire a financial advisor to help you make sure that you are making the most of this huge amount of money by stashing a good chunk of it away in a SEP IRA, which you can totally do. But 
to just pay yourself a salary, you can do this for yourself. And here's the way to do it. Take the amount that you've earned over the last six months to a year. You want to take a, a period of time where you that's pretty predictable in terms of overall your earnings. Divide by six or 12. So if it was over a six-month period and you earned $60,000 in aggregate, maybe some months you made $2,000 and some months you made $18,000. You want to average. So you know that's $10,000 a month. That becomes your income. Then you want to tax affect it. So if you're doing this on your own, I hope that you're filing your quarterly taxes. Figure out how much you owe on your tax return and take that out off the top. And then that's the amount that you pay yourself. And so essentially, and this is the way I run my life, so I know how this works. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you have all of your checks go into your business checking account. And then you pay yourself a check into your personal checking account that is an amount that is an average amount. So some months you end up running a surplus in that business account and some months you end up drawing down that business account a little bit, but it keeps you honest and you have enough to pay a tax bill when it comes due. Mm. Okay. So then in lieu of doing a monthly fee for someone, if she is listening to this and goes, whoa, I might need to like have someone walk me through it with me, would a fee-only financial advisor that she could like work with for a couple hours or however much yeah, that time would, she needs. Yeah, that would totally work. A fee-only financial advisor would be a good person to consult. An accountant would be a good person to consult. That would help you get a handle on making sure that you're putting away as much as you can for retirement and also that you are taking advantage of all the deductions that you're eligible for. And you may want to have a look at an app called Even, which – Unlike the $800 to $1,000 a month costs $2.99 a month, it essentially pays you a paycheck. It's set up for freelancers, so it shows you how much you can pay yourself. And this is the first time we are talking about even on the show. Is. So if you try it, please let us know how it goes. Exactly. All Thank right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. And we'll be back tomorrow with one more episode of the Her Money Mailbag. For now. 